Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Fellowship of the Early Believers, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, we have temporarily stopped work on our new website due to the provided editing tools complexities. We are very unhappy with the impressively strong and steep learning curve of the provided authoring tools. Further updates will be made available when we decide what we will do moving forward. Our current website is always available. May you all be blessed of God. Our last episode was The Fellowship of the Early Believers, Part 1, posted on January 22nd. When people persecute you, have contempt for you, and you experience many trials that try your patience and ability to stand firm in your faith, how do you make out in such situations? What is your end result? Do you adhere to the doctrines and duties of the Christian religion? While many of us do not immediately fall in such situations, if they persist, we eventually do. So that begs the question, what did these new converts know that we today seem to not know? We also looked into a classic issue that many preachers and teachers here in America teach incorrectly, found in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 45, which reads, All who believed were together and held everything in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and distributing the proceeds to everyone as anyone had need. These verses are used here in America to tell people they are not good children of God if they do not release their grip on their possessions. Simply put, it is taught that really good Christians do not hold on to earthly things. Yet, in commentary, we found that to find out more, listen to our previous episode, The Fellowship of the Early Believers, Part 1. This week, our study is The Fellowship of the Early Believers, Part 2. Our scripture reads, Every day they continued to gather together by common consent in the temple courts, breaking bread from house to house, sharing their food with glad and humble hearts, praising God and having the good will of all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number every day those who were being saved. From the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 46 through 47. I think these two verses tell us something about us today. Notice the first part of verse 46. It reads, Every day they continued to gather together by common consent. What does this verse segment say? Every day 
they continued to gather together by common consent. What did that say? Every Sunday? No, every day. Every day they continued to gather together by common consent. What is meant by common consent? Is that the same as we today say, being in agreement? Is there anyone in your life today that you are in common consent with, being in agreement with, every day? That is where these people in our Bibles were. Let us see if there is a correct way to interpret this portion of Scripture. This chapter concludes with giving us an account how these primitive Christians spent their time together in the service of God and in great simplicity and sincerity among themselves. They continued daily in the temple, that is, at the usual time of prayer they joined with the Jews in their prayer in the temple. Having performed their public devotions daily in the temple at the accustomed times of prayers there, they used to resort to a private and particular place to celebrate the Lord's Supper, and afterwards took their ordinary and necessary repast with gladness and singleness of heart. And thus, these holy Christians, conversing together with great simplicity and sincerity, they went on cheerfully in their Christian course, praising God for what He had done for them and by them, and their holy and harmless conversation procured them favor with the generality of the people, who had not their hearts possessed with the prejudice against Christianity as the Pharisees had. Learn hence that the work of a thorough and saving conversion upon the hearts and in the lives of men is God's work. It was not the mighty rushing wind, nor the miracle of the fiery cloven tongues, nor St. Peter's sermon, nor any of these, nor all of these, that did or could alone produce this great effect without God and the internal operation of His Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is expressly said that the Lord added to the church, not St. Peter, nor all the apostles. Note, too, that though God and His Holy Spirit be the author and efficient cause, yet the preaching of the gospel and an exemplary conversion agreeably throughout were the subordinate helps and instrumental means conducing thereunto. They continued daily in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. And thereby the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. Breaking bread is used to express the act of taking their meals. The bread of the Jews was thin, hard, and dry, 
and was never cut with the knife as ours is, but was simply broken by the hand. With gladness and singleness of heart, a true picture of genuine Christian fellowship. They ate their bread. They had no severe fasts. The Holy Spirit had done in their souls, by His refining influence, what others vainly expect from bodily austerities. It may be said also that, if they had no severe fasts, they had no splendid feasts, all was moderation and all was contentment. They were full of gladness, spiritual joy and happiness, and singleness of heart. Every man worthy of the confidence of his neighbor, and all walking by the same rule and minding the same thing. From Adam Clark's Commentary and Critical Notes on the Bible. They, continuing, unitedly, to frequent the temple at the daily hours of prayer, and joyful partaking of bread at each other's houses with sincere and upright hearts. From Family Bible Notes from the Nazarene Users Group. So, the big question is, what can we learn from all that commentary? To answer that question, let us first note, these holy Christians conversing together with great simplicity and sincerity, they went on cheerfully in their Christian course, praising God for what He had done for them and by them, and their holy and harmless conversation procured them favor with the generality of the people, who had not their hearts possessed with the prejudice against Christianity as the Pharisees had. We can learn from this statement, these holy Christians conversing together with great simplicity and sincerity, they went on cheerfully in their Christian course, praising God for what He had done for them and by them. As stated here, are today's Christians holy, or do they resemble a coin, a bright and shining Christian on one side, and what they really are about and want to do on the other side? Do you know a Christian who converses with others with great simplicity and sincerity? Or are the Christians you know filled with the pride of what they think they know, prideful of their accomplishments? Those who are unwilling to teach others, who make a mystery of God's Word and then blame the one they speak to for not knowing what they should. Where I live, these are all good questions needing answers because there are many people who claim to be Christian and do not have the love of their brothers and sisters in their hearts as these early Christians did. Furthermore, do Christians today go on cheerfully in their Christian course, praising God for what He has done for them and by them? Today, 
Does God still do things through you and by you? By example, when was the last time you laid hands on someone who was sick and they were healed? Yes, even today, we have that power of God in us who are saved in Him. That is the evidence of the work of a thorough and saving conversion upon the hearts and in the lives of men and women who are God's children. Even though we lay hands on the sick and they are healed, it is God's work that makes them well. Yet, where I live, many people take God's credit for the work done incorrectly for themselves. We need to know further that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. It was the Lord who did this. There was no power in man to do it, and the Christian loves to trace all increase of the church to the grace of God. From Barnes' New Testament Notes How did God do this? His people continued daily in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. We should note from that passage three things. One, they continued daily in the temple. Not once a week, but daily. Two, they broke bread from house to house, meaning they ate together at mealtimes. Three, they ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. We should note what is meant when the Bible says, eat meat. What is meant by this phrase? Did eat their meat, did partake of their food. The word meat with us is applied to flesh. In the Bible and in Old English authors, it is applied to provision of any kind. Here it means all kinds of sustenance, that which nourished them, and the use of this word proves that it does not refer to the Lord's Supper, for that ordinance is nowhere represented as designed for an ordinary meal or to nourish the body. From Barnes' New Testament Notes. Verse 47 continues the thought started in verse 46. It reads, Praising God and having the good will of all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number every day those who were being saved. Such as should be saved. It does not express any purpose that they should be saved, but simply the fact that they were those who would be or who were about to be saved. It is clear, however, from this expression that those who became members of the church were those who continued to adorn their profession or who gave proof that they were sincere Christians. It is implied here also that those who are to be saved will join themselves to the church 
that is of God. This is everywhere required, and it constitutes one evidence of piety when they are willing to face the world and give themselves at once to the service of the Lord Jesus. In this case, they were daily added to it. The church was constantly increasing, and the same result may be expected in all cases where there is similar zeal, self-denial, consistency, and prayer. From Barnes' New Testament Notes We should first note, such as should be saved, it does not express any purpose that they should be saved, but simply the fact that they were those who would be or who were about to be saved. It is clear, however, from this expression, that those who became members of the church were those who continued to adorn their profession or who gave proof that they were sincere Christians. The phrase, who continued to adorn their profession, does not mean the everyday work a person did or does today to earn a salary to pay for goods in life they need. This usage refers to the profession of their conversion from sinner to man or woman in Christ. However, today, many men and women who once professed their salvation in Christ no longer do. Neither do they witness to others they know and or meet in their lives. Is it the way Bible prophecy is coming true that shuns many people into silence? This is what is meant by Bible prophecy that says, The love of many will grow cold, or as some Bible translations read, The love of many will wax cold. From Matthew 24, verse 12. The word wax means to become. It is an old Saxon word not used now in this sense except in the Bible. The fear of death and the deluding influence of false teachers would lessen the zeal of many timid and weak professors, perhaps also many real but feeble Christians. From Barnes' New Testament Notes The Church To the Assembly of the Followers of Christ the word church properly means those who are called out and is applied to Christians as being called out or separated from the world. Again, from Barnes' New Testament Notes. Notice this comment from Barnes. The word church properly means those who are called out and is applied to Christians as being called out or separated from the world. I think that is quite clear. If we are saved in Christ, we are knowingly being called out of our sinful character, called out from the darkness we live in to spiritual life of light and clarity. This alone separates us from the world we live in. 
I will close with this comment from Barnes' New Testament notes. We have now contemplated the foundation of the Christian church and the first glorious revival of religion. This chapter deserves to be profoundly studied by all the ministers of the gospel and by all who pray for the prosperity of the kingdom of God. It should excite our fervent gratitude that God has left this record of the first great work of grace and our fervent prayers that he would multiply and extend such scenes until the earth shall be filled with his glory. Next week, we will examine our new study titled The Lame Man at the Temple, Part 1. While this passage speaks of Peter and John healing a lame man, what is in this passage we can use today? Join us next week as we look for the answer to this question and more. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. Thank you all so much. God bless you all. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.m. E. At present, we are located on a growing number of podcast sites, so you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.